I'm Kate Daniels. Driver safety. No discrimination here. This applies to each and every one of us on the road at any time. But this 100 days during the summer period is labeled the deadliest time. So to learn all we can to change this, let's meet Laura Adams, safety and education analyst at driversed.com, the number one online driving school. Laura Adams, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And thank you for doing this incredible, I'm going to call it life-saving work that you do with the writing that you do and being a safety analyst at driversed.com. Looking at the website, there's such a wealth of information. So I think we'll have a good conversation, but really to direct people to that site is going to be critically important. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, driversed.com is not only the number one online driving school, but we do offer a lot of information there. So we do studies and surveys, and a lot of that research and data is there, as well as lots of tips for safe driving to help you no matter what your situation is. You might have young kids that are coming on to driving for the first time, or even if you're an older adult dealing with some challenges and different types of weather that you've never driven in before. There's a lot there on the site to help you. So driversed.com, so much information, and it's constantly being updated, of course, being an education site, but just being the media that it is. So constantly keep checking back, right? That's it. We are always putting out new information and a lot of seasonal information as well to help, you know, whatever your situation is. If you're in cold weather or you're in warm weather, there's a lot that we don't think about when it comes to driving and how to stay safe, not only our own skills and ability, but also our vehicles, you know, how to make sure they are ready to go and will be safe throughout the season. So I definitely encourage folks to take a look and, you know, think about any of the courses as well. If if you need some help to be a better driver, no matter your age, even courses there are for older folks as well, they can really help you be a better defensive driver. And that's really what it's all about. If we can increase our skill level and think about ways to be just a little bit safer on the road, you are going to help yourself for many years to come. Uh, every time I take a driving course, I learn a little something. I pick up a new tip, something that's going to help me stay safe. Uh, so I, I can't uh, can't recommend those courses highly enough. Super. And we'll underscore that again. And w- the reason that we've actually come together this morning is with this focus for this season of the year, summertime, which is one of the deadliest. This is so crushing. It's the deadliest season for young people, for teenagers, just because of being summertime, fun time. What else do you want to tell us about that, Laura? Yes, unfortunately, Memorial Day kicks off what is called the 100 deadliest days for teenage drivers. And so this is the period from Memorial Day through Labor Day. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, the risk of fatal collisions during this period dramatically increases. And we know more than a 1,000 people were killed in crashes involving a teenage driver during this period in 2016. And so that's an average of 10 people a day. And the reason for this is varied, but in most cases it really has to do with the fact that more people are on the road during the summer, and of course you have a lot more teenage drivers on the road during the summer. They've got time off, they're out of school, 
uh, no matter if they're in you know high school or college. They are on the road, and the fact is they are just more dangerous. They don't have the experience. They don't have the maturity in some cases um, to really be the best driver. And in some cases, they're also traveling in groups. You know, they like to get together, and you've got multiple kids in the car together. They're staying out late at night, you know, maybe even being tempted to speed. And so all of these factors, unfortunately, make this time of year really dangerous for teenagers. And so even if you're not a teen, you don't have a teen, I think being aware of the fact that even if you're a great driver, understanding that there are many people on the road around you who don't have the level of experience that you may have or the maturity in some cases. So we need to be as defensive as we can to keep ourselves safe on the road. Just underscoring that word defensive, as you were saying earlier, Laura, any of us taking these online courses are going to help ourselves to become much more aware. And this is really that high season in a negative way because of lives lost. So we owe it to ourselves to learn and to be more aware. Absolutely. Um, And so there's a lot going on, you know, even thinking about types of things that we need to pay attention to. Also, wildlife right now, wildlife during the summer you know, deer, raccoons, squirrels, I mean, they are more active during the summer. So if you are driving, let's say at night, you know, low light situations, it's just more common to get into a collision with an animal on the road uh, during the summer. And so that can be very harmful, not only to vehicles, but it can cause you to get into accidents with other vehicles that may be on the road with you. You know, sometimes these accidents and these collisions with animals happen in rural areas, but in some cases they also happen in pretty high populated areas. So you want to be aware of posted warnings. In a lot of cases you'll see signs that may warn you about animal crossing or deer, those sorts of things. So take them seriously, especially during the summer. You know, and if you see one animal, one tip is to assume that there are probably others around as well. So if an animal darts out in front of you, try not to swerve. That can certainly cause you to either, you know, go off the road or collide with another vehicle. In some cases, it's actually better to hit the animal than to hit another car. You know, I hate to say that, but that is the reality. So try to stay in your lane and just slow down and keep your braking as controlled as possible. So that's one tip. And of course, you can stay in your car and use your cell phone to call for help if you are in a situation where you do hit an animal and you're not sure what to do. So, you know, that's one thing to think about. And one of the reasons why right now is what we're calling the 100 deadliest days for teenage drivers. And of course, that lack of experience is going to really come into play in that kind of a situation. So with young people, just to really be super conscious about that, that's a good thing to look at, the things that can happen out of nowhere. But if we think in terms of more, well, within the city, be it day or night, seeing on the website the comment about running red lights, that that seems to be at a high rate that's going on. Yes, I mean, certainly just paying attention to all the signs on the roadway, uh, making sure you're following those, they're there to keep us safe. So, you know, even if you feel like you are entitled to kind of just roll through, you know, a red light or a stop sign, um, the problem is people around you 
um, are, are not necessarily going to be watching for you. Um, so it's super important to just pay attention to everything that's out there and that's meant to protect you. So slowing down when you need to. Um, in a lot of cases, there may be some indications also about um, flooding in areas um, and areas that you, you really need to pay attention to if you're caught in a rainstorm. Um, one thing that can make weather difficult for teenagers is really just not understanding how their vehicle is going to react to something on the road that they're not accustomed to. So driving in a rainstorm, you know, uh, a lot of inexperienced drivers won't necessarily know that that can cause your car to go out of control if you're going to get into a situation where you're hydroplaning. Um, so, you know, the key there for young drivers is just make sure that you're slowing down. Um, you know, if you, if you are caught in a storm, you are caught in a flood, even high winds in the summer, any type of storm um, can cause a lot of dangers on the road. Another thing is hailstorms um, and sleet storms can actually be common in the summer as well. Um, so if you do get caught in any of these situations, you can just pull over into a sheltered area that's safe. You know, don't feel bad about pulling over in a safe area or getting off of a highway um, and just staying in your vehicle until a storm passes. Um, and, of course, you want to make sure that you have your headlights on. Most cars do automatically turn headlights on, but think about that not necessarily as a way for you to see better, but as a way to make sure other vehicles, other cars that may have reduced visibility, they can see you. Um, and so make sure that your, uh, your headlights are on. You don't need the high beams on. You don't need hazard lights. Just uh, your regular lights are, are one of the best ways to make sure that you can be seen in any type of bad weather situation. Absolutely. I've had that experience where the rain has been so bad. I've had to pull over because it feels blinding. That's right. And where I am in Florida, the rainstorms are a common occurrence in the summer. They come in like clockwork and they can be really violent. You know, they're short-lived, but they're violent. And, and while they're happening, you truly cannot see. And so make sure that if you don't have brand new wiper blades on your car, those windshield wiper blades um, can really get worn out pretty easily. So this is a good time to think about what can you do that's going to help make your vehicle a little safer. So replacing those worn out windshield wiper blades, even looking at your tires, you know, making sure that you've got uh, good tires that have not worn too low, even making sure that you've got a full tank of gas, uh, making your car a little bit heavier with gas in it can help you stay a little bit, you know, have a little bit more stability in high winds and even in rain. Um, so is your vehicle up to shape? You know, does it have plenty of windshield wiper fluid? Um, you know, are all of your other types of fluid levels topped off? So think about, um, you know, if your heat's not working, your defrost settings aren't working, you want to get those checked out right away. Um, having good visibility is just crucial anytime you're driving in bad weather. And so if you've got a fogged up windshield, which can happen uh, when you're driving in, in warm, kind of humid weather, uh, that can be very difficult. So make, make sure everything in the vehicle is in good shape. If you're not a car person and you don't feel comfortable checking these out, take it to a mechanic. Uh, just having them do a once-over may not be very expensive. It may just take a few little things that need to be 
uh, topped off, fluids topped off, and windshield wiper blades, it could be quite inexpensive, and they can look out for any potential problems. Taking care of all of these things with the vehicle is obviously very critical to having the right kind of item, being the car, the vehicle, on the road so that we feel safe, but it's making it safe, of course, for everyone around us that the car isn't going to create a problem. Yes, just agreeing with you. It is so important. So just take the time to do it. Exactly. Inside the car... And we, we talked about how with uh, with youth and having a, a car full of friends and such can be uh, a, a reason for not following all the rules or being distracted from them. But even being a solo driver, uh, social media, our cell phones really tend to be a very bad thing on the roads these days. Yes, unfortunately, it really is becoming more and more of a problem. Um, and Drivers.com has done multiple studies to really understand what's happening with drivers right now related to distracted driving and social media use. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people who are admitting you know, this type of very bad behavior. Uh, 31% of a recent Driverz.com survey admitted that they check their phone a lot more often than they should while they're driving. And we've even had uh, folks admit to doing all kinds of social media use. And, and so I think what's interesting is that we're seeing that on the rise. We're seeing even video use on the rise over the past couple of years that we've been doing these surveys. Uh, about a quarter of drivers say that they have watched videos on their phone while they're behind the wheel. Um, so we're talking about Facebook videos, YouTube videos, uh, Instagram. 4% even admitted to watching Netflix programming while they're behind the wheel. So this is a very disturbing trend, and we want to make sure that every driver understands that you know, even if you're sitting at a red light or you're sitting at a stop sign, engaging in any type of video watching or social media use on your phone is still incredibly dangerous. When you're at an intersection, that is actually one of the most dangerous places that we drive. This is where many cars are coming together. You've got pedestrians, bicyclists, motorcycles, all coming together in a small space. And so we actually need to be more alert and more conscious of our surroundings instead of less alert looking down at our phones. And inevitably, when the light turns green or we, we start moving, if you're in some type of a social media thread or engaged with somebody on the phone, your attention is still going to be there while you start moving. And so you know, if you're only 50% paying attention to the road and you're 50% still in your phone, uh, that's a very dangerous situation. So I, I recommend that people just leave their phones in the glove compartment, put it in the back seat, put some distance between you and the phone so you're not tempted to just pick it up when you have a moment in traffic or at a red light, it's still dangerous to engage in the phone at those locations. So I recommend that people don't even get tempted to do that. And I'm going to refer back to the website driversed.com because of the wealth of information and particularly a story that I read there about a young California teen, Amanda Clark. Perhaps you'd like to tell us that story, Laura? 
oh, I'm, you know what, I'm not that familiar with the oh. story. Please refresh <laughs> my memory and maybe it'll come back to me. Absolutely. I should realize you have a ton of things that you write about. This was a young teenage girl in 2016 that rolled her car because she had been texting. Oh, yes. Right? yes. Yeah, it's yeah. coming back to me. Absolutely. So, you know, the danger here is that if you are going at a high rate of speed, let's say you're going 55 miles an hour, you're actually covering 80 feet per second. So that means that if you glance down at your phone for whatever reason, let's say you're looking at an incoming text message or you're typing a text to someone else and you're looking down to do that for just three to four seconds, you can actually cover the length of a football field in just those few seconds. So it's just incredibly dangerous to think about all of the range of of dangerous things that can happen in that distance that you're covering. So the faster that you're going, the more dangerous it is to be using your phone for any purpose. So if you think about that, you know, in terms of that huge distance, we can all imagine, you know, driving the length of a football field almost blinded because you're not looking at the road, you're looking at your phone that hopefully will put some perspective into how dangerous texting and driving can be. And then what was so heartbreaking for me was the fact that she had that experience. She evidently wrote about how it was a near-death experience. She didn't want to ever be in a situation of leaving her family without them knowing how she felt about them. And then a year later, she had a second crash, then ended up losing control of her car having used her cell phone again. That's why you're here with us this morning, Laura, is to try to really underscore the reason that we have to be so focused, so conscious about paying attention with this big vehicle that we have that can be a weapon either to others or ourselves. Absolutely. You said it. I mean, it can be a weapon. And we're talking about life or death here. You know, there's nothing more important than getting to your destination safely. There's nothing going on in your phone that is going to supersede that. And I do think we are a bit addicted to our phones and we're always connected. And so when we get behind the wheel, we feel like we should be able to maintain that connection. But the reality is, once you get behind the wheel, you are operating a dangerous weapon, something that can potentially kill people and, you know, kill yourself and and others around you. So the whole game changes the minute you get into the car and you really have to treat your phone as something that is dangerous to you, not necessarily helpful to you. And I realize that you want to have your phone with you if you do get into a dangerous situation, but the key is to have it handy, but yet in a way that's not going to distract you, which is why I tell people just put it in the glove compartment box put it maybe in your bag, keep it in the back seat away from you so that it is not going to be an accomplice in something that leads into a very dangerous and life-changing situation for you and your family. This has been so informative. I know that we could keep sharing more elements of what can be helpful, yet what we'll do, because there is so much, is direct them again to the website, right, Laura? Yes, I'd love for your listeners to visit driversed.com. When you get to the homepage, you're going to see all of the courses that we offer right there, and you can drill down into those courses that are appropriate or even select your state 
and see what's available where you are. So no matter if you've got a young person that's coming on board and is looking to get their license for the very first time, what's really helpful for them is the practice permit test. Many people don't realize that new drivers, there's 70% of them that actually fail their permit test the first time. So if you can get some of these practice permit tests done ahead of time, you're going to be much more likely to pass and save yourself some time and hassle. And another tip, even for older drivers, is that if you do complete a driver's education class online, in most cases that will qualify you for an auto insurance discount. So check with your auto insurance carrier. Ask if they do allow for driver ed discounts. If they do, that is going to definitely be worth it. It's going to pay for itself, and that discount will last for typically three years into the future before you're going to need to kind of re-up and and take that education again. But if it can save money on your auto insurance premiums and make you a safer driver, that's a win-win. For all of us, yes. Absolutely. Well, it's been just such a great opportunity to have this time with you, Laura Adams. You have so much to share with us. And again, thank you for uh, doing all the work on the website and spending time with us this morning. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Now, to present a personal experience that the impact of a deadly car crash has, we have a truly courageous mother, Julie Garner, founder of Project Yellow Light something she and her family did following the death of their son and brother, Hunter. A tragic loss for the family and for the world, which is the case when young lives with so much potential are tragically lost. Let's hear Julie tell her story. Julie Garner, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you for having me. As the founder of Project Yellow Light, can you tell us in as many words or as briefly as you can what it is that Project Yellow Light is? This is a national scholarship competition for high school juniors and seniors and also all full-time college students to create public service ads either by video or billboard or radio to get the word out to their peers to be careful on the road, to not drive distracted, and in particular, to not text while driving. And of course, I think we all know how texting and driving is uh, an epidemic, not just for teens, but certainly for all ages. But teens in particular, why this focus, Julie? Oh, because it's one of the leading causes of death of our youth, car crashes. And so we are just driven to try to save their lives. I sadly lost my son, Hunter, at the age of 16, along with his good friend at the time who was driving, both killed in a car crash. And I had no idea until that time that this was one of the leading causes of death. And we just decided we had to do everything in our power to prevent other young people from dying needlessly, because most of these Car crashes are due to distractions, which are totally preventable. And I think it is just, I'm going to say admirable, but it's so much greater than that, that you've taken so much pain and loss from your life and are trying to mold it into something so constructive. Well, it actually was kind of a lifesaver for us because, you know, when when you lose a child, you just pretty much want to die yourself. And this was kind of a driving force in us 
not only to save Hunter's friends, but because we wanted to keep his memory alive. So that's kind of the the way we got started. And reading some of the testimonials of uh, his friends on your website, actually, let's mention your website, shall we? Oh, yes. It's projectyellowlight.com. Everything you need to know about this project is there on the site. So good information there. And I looked at some of the information and those testimonials of who Hunter was, who he really continues to be, uh, what he meant to these young people in his life. Yeah, he was uh, a pretty amazing young man. Um, Just, you know, you think about what would he be like today? We, We are constantly pondering that. And, you know, he never got to graduate high school, never got to go to college, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's such a tragedy when your life is cut short. When you've reached that age, that critical age of 16, and then all of a sudden, you're gone. Yes. You see all these freedoms in front of you. You get your driver's license, which is part of it with this whole campaign is the driving license is new and therefore it becomes really also kind of a double prong where it's such a a problem in one's life. It's true. Um, You know, and, and sadly, the youth think that they can do all these things, that they think they can text and drive or be distracted in other ways, and that they'll be all right, and they just haven't quite captured that yet. And so we feel like if we get the young people to talk to each other about it, that they will change their behavior. And so this was a lifesaver, you say, for you and your family and some friends, too, I'm sure, with Project Yellow Light. You've just had the completion of this last year's competition. And what did you find with the information that came forth from these young people that participated? Well, it's so amazing. Each year, the the talent just gets better and better. So we have a video, a radio, and a design billboard competition, and the work is shared nationwide due to our amazing partners. And they just approach it in whatever way they choose. We give them creative license. So you get all kinds of different ways to get the message out. Some are very serious and some are funny. It just depends on how they feel about it. And we just are so proud of our winning work. And can you tell us any little tidbit about uh, the content for the winners this year? Oh, well, they're online. So go to our website, projectyellowlight.com, and check them out for yourself. They're just amazing. And these are scholarships that are awarded to the winners. And uh, is that in keeping, perhaps, with Hunter's projects, what he was interested? Was he interested in media in his young life? He was, and he also embraced people from all walks of life. So one of the things that we wanted to do when we first started this out was to have it be kind of an even playing field, no matter what your level of scholastic, you know, uh, was or how athletic you were or how whatever. We wanted to make it open to everybody. So we started it out with just the video portion and felt like that was something that everybody could approach, just as he loved people from all walks, all ages, what have you. And so here is an opportunity for then young people, really in Hunter's memory, being able to move forward with their life because of the scholarships they have this opportunity. 
Yes, they do. And they not only win some money, they actually are shared nationwide, which is so cool. And we just announced the winners in Times Square on one of Clear Channel Outdoor, a partner of ours, big boards in Times Square, which is amazing. But one of the things that I try to get across to every single person who takes part is that they're all winners because they all have this circle of influence And just by creating something, they may impact their friend's behavior, and they may save a life. And that's really the grand prize right there. It sure is. So on that note, have you had any of them come back or other teens say to you, because of these announcements, these public service announcements, it has impacted them? Absolutely. In fact, each year we ask our winners that very question, and they all have something wonderful uh, in terms of how it's impacted them. And I still stay stay in touch with some of the winners from previous years going all the way back. And I'm sure that that must be healing as well to see that that kind of message, you've lost a son, you can never replace who Hunter was, but to keep his memory alive and doing something constructive has to have some reward. Absolutely. Yes. It's a passion project, as you can well imagine. Absolutely. Well, let's mention that website again, and uh, we can find out more information, both about this year's winners and what uh, young people can do getting ready for next year's competition. Yes, and it's an annual competition, so please check it out at projectyellowlight.com. Don't text and drive. Amen to that. And one other note, because it's a scholarship, I think what we'll say is there's an opportunity to donate and to support your efforts of the project. Oh, that's wonderful. You want me to say that? <laughs> yes, we can underscore it. Are you going to do it? Go ahead. Uh, yes, it is a national competition, and we do hand out 10 scholarships every year. So we would be grateful for anyone who is inclined to contribute to our effort. Julie Garner, you are certainly an inspiration. I appreciate what you're doing and for spending time with us this morning. Thank you greatly. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it myself.